3: Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni.
2: And this is another opportunity to talk about principle and the creative power that creates everything and how we are using it (laughs) or abusing it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I just love it, you know, because when I first met you and I didn't have all the language correct, that was the first thing you said to me. I don't know if you remember. It was the first thing, you know, He said, "Well, you know, I think you understand this, this, and this, but we got to work on the language. You're gonna have to." (laughs) 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 I'm thinking, "Okay, I'll do that." And I went, got these two books, you know, dictionaries of New Thought language, and I'm in there reading the books like, you know, people read a novel or a story because I was determined to get the language right. It still takes a minute, but
2: yeah, and in a lot of cases, the the words that we use in New Thought are the regular old words. They just, um, we understand them to have different meaning because yeah. it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. th- the things that we're used to saying like, Oh, you know, and even the assumptions, you know, I've done my prayers and God didn't want me to have it yet. And that, that it's not just language. It's an understanding. That's not the way it's working. All of that. Yeah. All, all that stuff.
3: That. All that stuff. I had this, this little teeny book.
2: Anyway,
3: I <laughs> this little this little, I have a big one, but this little one was in my pocketbook for a long, long time because I I didn't draw any conclusions until I looked the word up. Which ha, it leads us right to what we're gonna talk about in a way. Yeah. I think.
2: And this is uh, uh queued up from uh, a conversation that I had with my daughter Victoria. Um and she her way of phrasing it is intention versus impact. Mm-hmm. And it is the understanding that when I have an idea and I say something to you about my idea and it does not land properly on you, mm. you know, and then the impact of it is different than the intention of it was. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times these, uh, these topics come up when we're talking about the charged issues of the day which the people who want to ignore them called woke. (laughs) (laughs) Woke. And and we we call being um, um, caring and empathetic, Mm -hmm. which is another way of saying woke, understanding what it is that we're doing. Because if I say something that is uh, unintentionally offensive to you, Mm -hmm. and Lord knows there's every possibility for me a middle-aged white man (laughs) to say to you, a black woman that's going to not land right. (laughs) Uh, A lot of times what happens is, you know, I'll say something and then you'll be like, really? Really? And then if you say something, if I defend myself, that's where it comes off the rails. It's like, Oh, my, my intention was this. The impact was that we got to talk about that doesn't matter what I intended.
3: Yeah. Now, let me clarify. So that's a very good explanation. But okay. it didn't apply. You weren't talking about us necessarily. No. So, no.
2: Okay. And, and, one, and you, you and I are pretty clear about this stuff because, you know, at yeah. <laughs> one point early on, you asked me how tall I was. Because <laughs> you've been dealing with tall white men your entire life.
3: Wait, listen, <laughs> I we got to skip that one. Because... <laughs> No way is anybody (laughs) going to understand that without a real deep explanation. But, yeah, yeah. Um, My daughter said used to say, or does say, even in high school when I was trying to explain something to her, you know, and she said, Mom, listen, you can say anything with, be as sincere as you want, but you have no control over how somebody hears it or how they perceive it. And I'm thinking, well, how can you take it any other way? <laughs> but there are a lot of factors in there.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and we all have our our, our filters,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: which is everything from preconceived notions to education to family background to uh, you know, My uh, one of my biggest pet peeves is, well, that's the way we've always done it, or that's the way we've always said it. I've always talked about this that way. Well, that doesn't mean that it wasn't pushing people's buttons to begin with. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I understand that it's been pushing somebody's button, instead of trying to defend myself, say, well, that's the way I've always done it. Say, oh my goodness, I had no idea what I was saying. That's the way I've been doing it for a long time. I apologize. Let me try again.
3: Yeah. And, And I think if we come into the conversation or the experience, knowing that there may be some miscommunications, unintentional, and we're gracious, you know, we can hold off the, the offense and see if we can see what is meant by that. It, it takes work, I think.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: Um, but I think you have to want to, to do it. Let, let's bring us back <laughs> for okay. an example. Okay, yes. so um, I, I was asking spirit for a teacher. Because, and if those who are listening, remember, if you haven't, I asked Spirit for a teacher because I'm, you know, I'm a really good studying person myself, but I felt I had gone as far as I could go. So I said, Spirit, look, I really need a teacher. I need somebody in the flesh, dot, 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 dot. And I didn't think of (laughs) who, I didn't think of the package. I didn't order up anybody. I just said a teacher. However, when you showed up, I thought, you know, I must have had some assumptions about who was coming. (laughs) (laughs) I I must have. Uh, I thought, okay. And I thought, okay, spirit, I guess this is who was in the neighborhood. And because I had had so many negative experiences with tall white guys. (laughs) (laughs) And online you look like a tall white guy. And I thought, I can't do this again, can I? <laughs> but but um, I, I am you described yourself as middle-aged, right? I'm not sure I would describe myself as middle-aged. So let me just say I've been on the planet long enough to know that when something hits you, stand still and see if your assumptions are correct. Mm-hmm. And and so I did. And I thought, okay, you seem to be an open person. Let me just give it to you straight. This is what, Bob, this is what I'm concerned about, and we got to go from there. Yeah. But um, I I did a lot. I ran it through my grid a couple times to see if I thought I could really say that to you. Mm-hmm. And if I couldn't, if it turned out not so good, I'd say, well, wrong teacher, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, that's, that's part of what happens when we pray for guidance. When I'm looking for guidance, you know, and that happens when we're getting into a relationship or a job or uh, buying a house, um, I will not do a prayer for somebody to buy the house that they just found. Oh, we found this house and we love it. Can you do a prayer for me to, to be able to buy the house? It's like, no. I will do a prayer for you to have your perfect house, your perfect mm. place to live, your perfect accommodation, because it could be a hall of nightmares. And we could yeah. pray somebody into the hall of nightmares and have it go completely bad. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So what we're looking for is, and that that gets it, you know, to the impact. What's the experience that we want to have? What's what? What's the result of all that that we want to have happen? And um, yeah, if you had something to learn that wasn't what you thought you had to learn, and I showed up, then you'd learn what you had to learn from me, even if it wasn't what you had in the lesson plan.
3: You know, but save yourself some stress. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I get, like I said, I'm not sure that I define myself as middle aged so I tend to stop and say, "Wait a minute, what would be what would it be to take the high road here?" Mm-hmm. You know, real quick now, I do that really quickly because it just takes time and energy to be offended. You know, you people look for reasons to be offended; they're they're ready to be offended. If they say this, if they don't say it that way, that's too much energy for me. You know, I want to understand what you want to say, because frankly, I want to get what I want to get out of the conversation. Let me just be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I'm in it because I want such and such information and I don't really want to deal with being offended. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to. T- I don't want to take the time to be offended. Or now we got to apologize, and you didn't mean this. And then you, and then you're afraid to speak to me later because you may not know what to say later. You know, that's like a bunch of unnecessary weight. Let's just take the high road.
2: Uh, amen to that. And by the way, I don't know if anybody else has told you, it takes an awful lot of um, emotional and spiritual maturity to be able to do that. Because you know when you think the, so? there's a couple of things that are possible. So, uh, and we'll use you and me as an example. Uh, okay. And just imagine that I say something uh, that's offensive, perhaps unintentionally offensive. Perhaps it's the sort of thing my dad used to say, and he was full of offensive things to say. <clears throat> and I say something, and it's got some energy. You know, it brings up stuff for you from the past. And there are a couple of ways that you can deal with it. One is to say, hey, well, wait, wait, wait a second. I just want to make sure you understand the feeling that brings up for me or somebody like me, um, in which case you can address it head on. And what will happen with me is I'll go, oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry about that. How can I say that differently or whatever then is? I'm not going to say this is why I did it. This is why mm-hmm. I think it's OK. Or this is how you should look at it so that I'm, <laughs> what I said was, OK, my intention gets um, get, gets counted instead of the impact that it had on you. Uh, the other thing that you can do is, and then the way that you're describing it is um the term that I've heard is sociological akido, where <laughs> the charged words come your way and you step to the side and let them hit the wall behind you mm-hmm. and go, there go those charged words again. And you don't pick up the the energy, the, 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 you know, whatever would normally have pushed your buttons before. hmm and unfortunately, the way a lot of people do it is they grit their teeth, they pretend that it doesn't hurt, and they take all that energy and they store it somewhere in their body or in their psyche, and their emotions. And it comes up again and again and again until they work through it.
3: That There's a danger in that. Um, I, I think, I want to say I'm fortunate, and this may not be the correct term to use. But I've always known exactly what I want in a situation. I'm pretty and clear about why I'm in it and what I want out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not coasting, you know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here to take advantage of whatever comes along. You know, I got, I have a purpose. And if the rock comes and I step aside, not always now, but most of the time, <laughs> if you're a rock. Is this going to, you know, like if I stop this right here, am I still going to get to what I want? I, I call the end game. Am I right. going is this going to hinder me getting to the end game? Now, saying that sounds selfish and it's not very uh, empathic, I don't think. Empathetic? Yeah, it's, it's not very that way because... <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, like sometimes I don't care, you know, I like, listen, I'm, I was in the pulpit 35 years, microphone. People constantly criticize you. You have people that love you and people that don't like the way you do it. Mm-hmm. And they're, they come in all shapes and sizes and colors. At some point, you got to get to a place and say, this is me. This is how I do it. This is what my purpose is to do it. And if it's not going to fall on everybody's heart, you know, the way I would like it to, I'm going to dinner and I'll see y'all next time. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I tell you, but when I said fortunate, it's because a lot of times people have things to say about things I don't care about. So you can't care about everything. You know, you just you just that's, can't.
2: That's true. Now, um, what I found is that I can care about the fact that somebody who's talking to me cares about something. It may or may not have anything to do with me. It's like, okay, let me be present for this person who's talking, even though I've, I got no, <laughs> I got no dog in that race. <laughs> it doesn't matter how it comes out as far as I'm concerned. But I can still be present to somebody else who's doing that.
3: But I like the part where you said you were present for them. Yeah, now I did have to work on that part, you know, because I just zone out. Right? This is, you want to do that? <laughs> Not interested. However, it works out for you. I hope you're all right. But, um, <laughs> but I do like the idea and uh, being present for someone. That's really inc- that's caring. That's really, you know, my 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 mom used to say, you know, act like you give a damn. Well, (laughs) okay, so, yeah, that's part of relationships, you know, and you, I'm a writer. So, so much of my life I have spent alone. That's just the nature of it. right? And I come out of my, you know, my husband says the cocoon to do the sermon, to do whatever you have to do, then you go back and you cook. I'm used to that. But then there's those times when you're in communication with someone and I can easily not be present. Mm-hmm. Just no no offense. I can just because my mind is on the next thing that I have to do or produce or whatever. But I don't want to be that way. I want to be, you know, I want to be a good friend. And the time that we've spent together, I want it to be nice for you. I don't want to miss an opportunity where you hurt and I didn't get a chance to help you with that. So, you know, you got to be present.
2: Yeah. And doubling back to what we're talking about is intention and impact. Mm -hmm. So the intention is for somebody to feel heard and cared about and if they do, then the intention and the impact are matching up. And if we do all of these things, and because, you know, and we're thinking about what's coming up next and what we're doing and, you know, what, what the, the follow-on event is going to be, and they notice, and they realize that we're phoning it in, then that's the impact, even though we wanted it to be something different. Let's take a break and continue with impact, intention, and the cross, the cross-connect between them. Yeah. 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 is Reverend Bill letting you know that the practical prayer for real results class is now available on demand. That's right. You can take it at your own pace
3: Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, talking about impact um, and intention. Intention. Do you, when on, during the break I thought about this. Uh, this we live in a time of political correctness, and there was a time. Well, some of us do. <laughs> well, it's the time that we don't. Some people don't respect it.
2: Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we know imagine. what political correctness is.
3: Yeah, we you know and but there was a time when. There was no such word as political correctness. People said what they said and it was okay to the other person. Whether it was okay to even say anything, all of that business. So we're we're here now where we're supposed to care and be concerned about the other person and how things fall on their ears. I think it's good. I think it's wonderful. It just means you got to care. Do you know what I mean? I, I think people might understand political correctness but they don't care. So right. they don't honor it. Uh but it's about caring. And that seems to be corny, you know, like but it's not. It's it's not.
2: You're it, right. It is not corny. It is that's as far as I'm concerned that's the ball game.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh I, I wish that everybody knew my father. He was stoic. There, <laughs> I just just the really nicest person underneath, but you would never know it. Crazy sense of humor, but you'd never know it. So you know, I'm his daughter. I'm not gonna lie. I was my father, but in the in the position of pastor, which didn't fit. You know, had that kind of personality just didn't
0: fit.
3: (laughs) Oh, God. But then you think, I I would look at people this way and say that, God, now listen, this may not be new thought theology, okay? So I'm just saying That's okay. That's okay. okay.
2: I have my translating dictionary, too.
3: Okay. (laughs) God has brought this person to me, Mm -hmm. entrusted me with their heart, their feelings. I'm responsible for them. I can't hurt them. I have to be careful, like they're China, and I have to be careful with this sensitive, delicate thing that God has given me, trusted me with. And when I, I don't know where that came from, but my whole everything changed.
0: Mm.
3: This person is fragile. That's why they came to you. You can't be. Because, you know, it's easy to change professions. That was okay in my corporate life. In corporate America, I care. Not
2: necessarily. I uh, oh, was nine careers in corporate America and completely different ones.
3: So you, am I right? I mean, yeah. it, it, okay. So I flipped over and I'm a pastor and I'm like, what? I got to care? Yeah, you do. And, and then I started caring, you know, oh. or, I, or I found out I could. And so that helps when you, your intention to say something, it passes through my grid, how you, you might receive it. Hmm. And sometimes that makes me say it differently or not at all until I can figure it out because I don't want to hurt you. That's... Yeah, that to me,
2: you know, and that's huge. And, you know, and that, that the same thing applies for everybody. And it's about intention and impact. Um, I can be in conversation with somebody and understand what it is that they believe. And I can be present for them and uh, supportive and disagree with them. Like,
0: "Mm,
2: I understand that you feel that way. And I understand why. And I don't agree at all with the idea that you have of why that's there. So where this is going to wind up is um, if you, if the person I'm talking to requires that I agree with them in order to feel okay, they're not going to feel okay.
3: Yeah. Now, now that's, you said something really big there. You said if they require Mm -hmm. that you agree and I'm thinking like, you shouldn't have, you should, should, sorry. Should, there you (laughs) go. Should, (laughs) should. (laughs) But um, if you're taking the high road and you're trying, agreement is not required. You know, somebody paid me a really high compliment once and I never forgot it um, because it came out of nowhere. They said, I like you because you don't have to be right. And I never thought about not, needing to be right. <laughs> I thought to myself, well, I frankly don't care. But but I thought about that and I thought, if you have to be right, first of all, you're not going to understand what the other person's saying. You're going to be a fairly disagreeable person <laughs> and, and you're not going to grow. You know, you're, you're just not, I don't have to be right. I've said things to you and you've kicked it back. I can't think of any, it'll come to me later, but more than once, you kicked it back. And I just say, all right, let me go research and read and see what he's talking about. And that's it. Nothing personal.
2: Yeah. Heard a great quote a couple of weeks ago. Other people's opinions of you are simply electrical activity in their brain. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Other people's opinions of you are simply electrical activity. In their brain.
3: Oh, I'm going to use that. (laughs) I'm going to to have ten ways to say that. And how
2: how much easier does that make it to not get all charged up about the electrical activity in somebody else's brain? It's like, okay, they have their opinion, and that doesn't make it true, and it doesn't make make it anything that they're saying or thinking or believing true about me. It's true about what's going on in their brain. Amen.
3: You know what? This is a really quick story. When I went to seminary. Eons ago, Um, I had come, I I had a modeling career and I'd come from corporate America. So my appearance might tend to be a little different than the average church lady. No offense, but it just, (laughs) you know. So there was a visiting professor coming and I was so excited about this professor. You know, she was just all up there and I'm going to get to be in her class. And, you know, she came and she singled me out a couple of times talking about people that wear red nail polish, which I did at the time, and makeup, and just just not all at once. You know, it just peppered throughout some of the classes. Well, now I'm the only one in there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just being me, right? And... I was so hurt because I loved this person before I ever met them.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Read their book and so excited. And they just chopped me up every time. And and somebody said to me after a class, they said, why do you put up with that? I think that's really, you know, negative. And they don't even try to get to know you. That's just how people are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just how they are. And I was so hurt. And I did an assignment that she didn't expect me to do or be able to do because people that wear makeup and stuff, they're not very smart. <laughs> 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 so I, I did it. And she. this is how she had blacked me out, blacked me out. She was talking about the person that did this paper and she was just praising it and talking about the points that were made. She didn't associate the name with me. She didn't even know my name, <laughs> and she said, "I'm so proud of this person in this class." And da, da 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 da, and she said, "Where are you, by the way?" And I raised my hand, and there was just like this silence. you when know there actually but,
2: sparks as the circuits crossed?
3: It, I don't know, but I was so hurt that I didn't want to be. You know, you know, I was already crushed. What else could you say? You found out I had a brain, and now you feel bad about it. You can't help it because everybody can see you feel bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So no, you yeah. just you just and I remember leaving the leaving the experience feeling so hurt that I wasn't able to establish the relationship with this person that I had dreamed about. Yep. It was just wasn't gonna work after that.
2: Yeah. Uh, and what you're talking about are actually two of the four agreements from Don Miguel Ruiz. One is don't make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Because she was making assumptions. And the other is don't take anything personally, which is on you. It's like, <laughs> she's over there making an assumption. It has nothing to do with you. That's electrical activity in her brain. <laughs> and is does that interfere with the possibility of having a relationship that could be much richer than what she's open to right now? Yeah.
0: And that's yeah. sad.
2: That's sad. That's really sad because there could be something magical there.
3: I, I had imagined us sitting down talking about stuff, you know, but...
2: Yeah, it, but not but, with red nail polish on, I don't think.
3: No, yeah, not that. <laughs> and, you know, God forbid I had lipstick on and, you know, it was just... But that's that old judge a book, the book cover story. Yeah. And um, I, I have had, recently had that same kind of experience in the last cup in the last week last couple of days and I was like you know what people don't take the high road why don't you just do that just, it's just easier you know you you'll be happier in your life if you well,
2: do it's amazing but then again in in order to understand a, I want to take the high road, B, I have to be aware of what the high road is, and C, when there's a fork in the road and I get to take high or low, I need to know that it's there so I can go in the direction that I want to go in because up until now, I haven't had to pay attention. High road, low road doesn't make any difference. It's my road, get out of the way.
3: Yeah, well, what about this um, treat others the way you want them to treat you? I mean, you know, come on. Well,
2: yeah, the golden rule.
3: Yeah. yeah. You want people to take you seriously you know, no matter how you show up, you want them to take you seriously.
2: That's a whole extra episode. We could okay. do the golden rule. We'll probably do six or eight episodes on the golden rule. Right now, though, we'll take a break. And the prayer today is going to be about clarity.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And along with clarity comes guidance because those those two go hand in hand. Because as soon as we understand what's ours, it's pretty clear what we get to do with it. Mm.
1: Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Rev. Bill Marchione's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical prayer for real results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b the light. Dot com. That's B dash the dash light dot com.
3: Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, having fun,
0: <laughs> having fun,
2: having a great conversation about intention and impact. It's yeah. and it's kind of magical that that meaning happens in the mind of the person who's receiving the communication. Mm, yes. So, and I'll tell a, a quick story. This is an experience that I had. Um, I grew up in the suburbs of New York City, and one of the fun things that we used to do because it was free is going to New York. Uh, and I did this with my friends um, and go to the taping of the $20,000 pyramid, which was a daytime game show that was hosted by Dick Clark. And they would shoot like four episodes that a week's worth at a time. And we go sit in on two or three episodes. Um, and it was fun. And I was in the studio audience once. And the, if you remember the $20,000 pyramid and then in the final pyramid, whatever it is, the the celebrity and the contestant are sitting facing each other. And one of them can see the board behind. And what they're trying to do is give one word prompts so that the other person gives the, uh, says what's on the the board behind them. And these two men were playing final, whatever it was, the, for the, the $20,000 and there are five or seven questions. They're down to the last question. They've got three or four seconds left. The word on the board is pediatrician the guy looks at it he says foot doctor and it's like oh god that's a podiatrist the one who's listening to him says pediatrician <laughs> and they won the twenty thousand dollars <laughs> The wow. fact that they both got it wrong and both thought the same made the same mistake you know two wrongs made a right in that case and we just we don't know we just don't know yeah
3: But sometimes we do.
2: Sometimes we do. Uh,
3: Yeah, sometimes we do.
2: Let's do a prayer. And we've been talking about intention and impact and how what we are intending and the way it is being received can be different. The way that we are experiencing something and the truth behind it can be different. If somebody says something to me and I misunderstand it and I react, then there's been a disconnect. And sometimes I can just open myself up to understand what they were trying to say to me. So sometimes it's where I'm instigating and sometimes it's where somebody else is instigating. And through all of it, we can ask ourselves a question. Who am I? And who do I want to be in this situation? And we can open ourselves up to that infinite creative power and invite in clarity about the answer to that question and all the rest of the questions. In this situation, who am I? Who do I want to be? Who do I choose to be? And how am I allowing that goodness that I am desiring to come into being? So as we turn our attention away from the specifics and the circumstances and open to the awareness of that divine creative power, that infinite intelligence, that limitless love, that one that is the source from which everything flows, as we turn our attention to the one, we can acknowledge that everything that exists everywhere is created by that one. That's why it's called one. There is only one. There is only that divine creative energy that has been sharing itself as all of its creation for, as far as we can count, 14.2 billion years, unfolding and rearranging and reshaping itself into new forms all the time. Everything that exists, every person, every place, every planet, every particle is that one divine presence showing up in its own particular form. So I know that that divine presence is right here and now. It is the truth of me. It is the truth of each of us. That divine intelligence, that perfect harmony with which everything fits together, is not just available to me and to each of us. It's the truth of what we are. So as we open to the understanding, to the awareness of that good that is the center and circumference of everything we are, we can Experience clarity and understand even more fully who we are in this situation. What are the next perfect steps for us to take in this situation? And the manner in which we can invite in more of that which we experience as good. And as we open to this, as we put away the things that we've always thought were true, or sometimes thought were true, or erroneously thought were true, as we turn away from what has not been serving us and open to that newness, the clarity and the guidance shows up. We are inspired and informed and directed in what's ours to do, and what's ours to let go of. And with that new guidance, we are free to take that next perfect step and bring more and more of what we experience as good into our lives. This is how love unfolds, for and through and as each of us. And I'm so, so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the good. I'm grateful for the stories that we get to tell about the good. I'm grateful for the harmony and the peace of mind that this brings into our lives, knowing that we are in this partnership, and I'm grateful to be able to speak this word and release it into that same creative law that creates everything, and know with absolute certainty that it is saying yes, this good is underway, and so it is.